This is not going to go away ever. The ETH is in the ether. The genie is out of the bottle. And this is really forever changed the way that art is bought and sold and what constitutes art. And it's, I've never seen the rapidity of change. Literally, I gave this lecture to a thousand people at School of Visual Arts, open to the public, last Monday, eight days ago, and the landscape has completely changed since then. Hey, welcome to the Well Simple Magazine podcast. This is Devin Friedman. Today's episode is about art and money, and also crypto and speculation, and whether or not a person can decide not to be a person anymore. It's about an artist named Pac. Pac's medium is something called the NFT, which maybe you've never heard of before, or maybe you just heard of it recently, because this other artist named Beeple had an auction and sold an NFT for a record $69 million. This week, Sotheby's is holding an auction of Pac's work, and it has a chance of eclipsing that $69 million record. The thing is, no one really knows who Pac is, or even if he or she or they is a person. So last week, the writer and reporter Alex Palmer decided to find out who Pac was, and now he has an answer. Alex Palmer, welcome to the Well Simple Magazine podcast. Thanks for having me. So here's an unanswerable question. Tell us who Pac is. Pac is a digital artist, online creator, VFX engineer, and uh, anomaly, a mystery, a person who is not there. So he, she, they has been making art and creating online content for a few years now, but they really came into the public consciousness when they started making this crypto art back in February of 2020. Since, as you may realize, podcasts are an audio format, describe what Pac's work looks like for people who've never seen it before. It's what you would imagine a computer would make art as. It's very cold. It's very precise. It's very mathematical. There are a lot of simple shapes. So it's, there's almost no color in Pac's work. There's usually a little bit of movement in the pieces, but it's these simple shapes it feels like artwork for a museum on Mars. And people have really seemed to enjoy this art. In December, he became the first artist, uh, NFT artist, to cumulatively sell his works for more than a million dollars. And now he has the Sotheby sale. I also gather that there's some, from the beginning, there's been sort of a swirl of controversy or weirdness around Pac. I'm like, what, what does that come from? Definitely some of it is the art. It is compelling in its own way. But I think it's also the persona that Pac has created. Pac is not just anonymous. He or she or they is purposely non-existent. They have tried to wipe any aspect of physical identity, age, gender, location, any of that stuff from their artistic persona. So they've become a mystery. So I take it that Pac doesn't reveal much about their self, but at the same time has kind of a public persona. Like, how does Pac manage that? Do they interact with the world at all? Do they give interviews? Yeah, this is the, this is the sort of irony inherent in Pac's persona, that they don't speak physically. When they present, it's always with a different actor or actress, but yet they communicate all the time. You know, they have a Twitter account and they're constantly posting on Twitter. They're posting videos. You know, all this art is always coming out. And they do interviews, just not with a voice. Or if it is a voice, it's a robot voice. And this is, this is really all part of a larger performance. I mean, if you want to understand PAC, some of it is visual art, but a lot of it is a sort of digital performance art for the internet age. 
So for example, one of the pieces in the Sotheby's show this week is called The Cryptographer. And basically he created an internet treasure hunt and then the winner got an NFT as a prize. So what he's done is he has taken art and he has sort of gamified it with NFTs. So essentially you have this non-entity, a self-consciously created, self-described non-entity who's nonetheless going to put his work for sale at Sotheby's, which is one of the most prestigious, venerable old art auction houses in the world, and make tens of millions of dollars. Like what is crypto art? Is that like an oil painting of a Bitcoin? <laughs> I, I bet most people don't even know what an NFT is. How would you explain an NFT? Yeah, well, I, as of, you know, three weeks ago, I had no idea what an NFT was either. But the way I thought of NFTs was basically it means non-fungible token. Non-fungible just means not interchangeable. Just to get nerdy, like, so fungible is like a dollar in the sense that like my dollar is no different from your dollar. They are completely interchangeable and the purpose of them is to be interchangeable. And this is sort of the opposite of that. Yes. And what's the point of making something that's non-fungible? Well, it's to make it unique. It's to make it valuable. You know, why do people want a Hank Aaron rookie card or something? It's because it's one of a kind. It's because it's unique. Uh, it's not interchangeable. So you can sell it for more. People can identify the ownership. The best explanation I heard is like, why are NFTs valuable when you can just right-click, save as any of PAC's work? Well, every college kid can put up a Picasso uh, on his wall, but you don't own the Picasso. Owning it is what gives it value. And NFTs let you own the thing. So Alex, you're an experienced investigative reporter. You've written about international drug traffickers and Chinese crime rings for places like the New York Times Magazine and GQ. But I take it you were not an expert in crypto. Uh, no, no, I was not. So how do you teach yourself up on something like this? Well, I, I read a ton and I talked to a lot of people who are way smarter about it than I am. I talked to professors and collectors and artists, computer scientists, the people who are pioneering this space from every side of it. So where do we start if people want to under have like a basic understanding of this? Like, how do you start? We start with the blockchain. And basically, a blockchain is just a database, like the files on your computer. You can record you know, anything you want on there. And I, I talked to this guy, Chris Wilmer, who's a professor at the University of Pittsburgh and edits a journal about blockchain, and he had a great explanation of it. He said, you know, we're probably more familiar with things like uh, Apple iCloud or Dropbox, which operate actually in a pretty similar way to blockchain in terms of storing information off of your computer. But the really crucial difference and what makes the blockchain so potentially revolutionary is that it doesn't have a central administrator. You know, someone controls the data on Apple iCloud and Dropbox, but no one controls the information on the blockchain. It's a public ledger that everyone can see, so you can check the history of transactions, and it's very hard to tamper with it. Okay, so we, we, I, I hope we understand NFTs, and I think I sort of understand the blockchain, but what are these things have to do with each other? Like, what, is, what, do, NF, what do NFTs have to do with the blockchain? NFTs are, are basically part of this bigger macro trend of decentralization that started with the invention of Bitcoin, which you've probably heard of. It was sort of the original blockchain. Bitcoin solved this seemingly unsolvable computer science problem by allowing you to exchange value without any central government. You know, like, how can you have money without a government behind it or telling you how much it's worth? The blockchain basically lets you do that. And so once you solve that problem for currency, you can sort of decentralize any industry because currency and money are at the center of any industry. Now NFTs are doing that to the art world. And we're seeing as a result all these interesting improvements that this technology can bring. So NFTs, 
you know, they're tearing down the boundaries between artists and buyer or artists and viewer. But what does that mean, tearing down the boundary between artist and buyer? Think of it this way. Uh, if you are an artist who sells, you know, your first painting for 5,000 bucks, and then the decade it sells for 5 million, you get nothing on that 5 million sale. You know, you, have, you get the first sale and that's it. The interesting and really important thing with NFTs is that you can build these smart contracts into it. And you can say, okay, every subsequent sale of my art, I get 10% or 15%. So as your art increases in value, as an artist, you actually see that increase. You're actually rewarded for it. So it's revolutionary for people who are making art and it allows them to be paid in a totally new way. And I talked to Colborn Bell, uh, who's a collector in the NFT space. And just to give you a sense of how new all this is, he only started collecting NFTs a little over a year ago. Yeah, I mean, look, at, at the very forefront, it has to be one of the greatest wealth transferences to a creative and artistic class. Um, hmm. You know, I love just the, the idea that a digital creator can now have a means to make a living beyond like putting their work up for free on Instagram and trying to get commission work. Yeah. You know, we have undervalued creatives for way too long. It's not just technologists like Colborn who are excited about NFTs. You know, the old school art world is also realizing the huge impact that this could have on their business. So I spent a lot of time talking to Kenny Schachter, who's been a fixture of the art world for decades. He's a critic, a curator, a collector, a lecturer, and an artist himself. And he really had a lot to say about this stuff. You have like, you have a marketplace that's accessible to an artist all over the planet, open 24 seven. The artist can go directly to the market. They get a 10% residual and they can reach an audience that were never before interested in patronizing art galleries. Are you familiar with Pac's work? Yeah, a little bit. He did one piece, which I really love. Otherwise, I mean, some of them, I think, just look a little bit screensaver-ish. Mm. I don't want to look. I, have, I don't know him. I don't know what his, you know, what his shtick is. And I haven't seen the piece that he's selling at Sotheby's. I did see one piece that I really loved. He, he just had like a generic three-dimensional cube animation. Mm. And he did like five different versions of this. The title, yeah. Right. So the title I loved because it played with concepts of value and the way the mentality in the art world, if it's $5,000, nobody wants it. If it's 50 grand, people start to talk about it. And when it's a half a million, everybody wants one. So you decided to go see if you could figure out who Pac was. Yeah. I mean, here's this mystery artist who's about to have possibly uh, one of the biggest sales in history for a living artist. I wanted to find out who they were. So what do you do to find the unfindable computer enigma person? I start where everybody starts for everything. I started on Google. I looked up PAC and started looking at interviews that they had done. Um, they hold a range of linked websites and social media accounts. I started looking at that for clues. And it didn't take that long to find out who it is. Wait, it wasn't hard? No, I would say it took a couple hours to get to about 75% sure. And then a few more days to get to 100% sure. So like your COVID test comes back slower than, than you found PAC? Comes back much slower than I found PAC. So what did you learn when you found that name? I learned 
about their life. I learned about their successes and failures and the fights they've gotten into and the things that they would post that their parents would reply to with heart emojis and how proud they are. I learned about the person behind the persona. Without revealing anything, give me the give me the generic biography of this person. Pack was born a male in a country outside North America. He's approximately 35 years old. And the evidence suggests that he studied math and science. And then he went on to study creative arts and digital design for his master's degree. So is it possible that you're wrong? How, how did you know that this was really the person? Well, I, I found a lot about him online. I was able to trace his digital history across a decade. And I found a bunch of people who knew him personally, you know, friends, former colleagues, professors, people who watched this evolution happen in real time from this guy they knew to, a, you know, a sort of persona. I think one of the most revealing conversations I had was with a friend of his from the design world who has known Pac for about a decade. You know, he talked to me about how Pac sort of went underground for a while and then he reemerged as this new thing, this persona, this, this Pac entity. So that combined with reading his thesis, which relates, you know, exactly to the kind of the work that he's doing now after all that, uh, I feel quite certain that I know who he is. So how did you reach out to him? I asked Pack for an interview because I had found this information about the person behind the persona, and I wanted to, one, just do the responsible journalist thing and fact check my information. And I was really curious about the decision this person had made to create this persona, why they wanted to disappear into this concept of Pack. Um, I wanted to talk to them about their life because, like I said, when I went looking, I found the person behind their persona. And like any person, they have an interesting story. And I wanted to know how that had impacted their decision uh, to disappear and how it impacted their art. Uh, the how was pretty simple. I went to his website on dream.net and all it is is an email address. I sent an email asking for an interview. One of his associates uh, named Maya got back to me, and within a few emails, we were arranging a time to talk on Discord. But wasn't part of the reason that Pac agreed to talk because you said, hey, I have this information about you and I don't know what to do with it? I certainly think, given that there is a person behind the persona, that they were at least interested to know what we had found and what we are going to do with it. It seems like you're still a little reluctant to tell the rest of us who, which, which, you know, to be, to be honest, the listeners, like I sort of knew going in that you were a little bit, uh, tortured about what to do with this information. Why is that? For sure. And look, this is something I really struggled with and have gone back and forth with a lot during this reporting. What I would say is that there is a track record dating back at least seven years, well before Pac had any danger of becoming a millionaire, of this this person trying to obscure their identity and create this persona. And I think what I found looking for Pac is that there is a track record here. There is a person who has been making art like this for some time and has been cultivating the persona, this online anonymity for some time, and that anonymity is important to their work. Whether or not you like their art or believe in that persona is up to you. But I want to at least give some good faith to the work they put in and the history they have of trying to protect their identity. And look, I'm no, I'm no expert in the history of art, but Kenny Schachter, when we were talking, said something really interesting about, you know, Pac's mysterious identity being part of this long history of self-mythologizing among artists. Everyone sort of knows who Banksy is. He's this guy from Bristol. OK, the world could know with certainty who he is, but in a way it's 
it's this kind of romantic notion of the anonymity of this person. And it's like people, it's like Santa Claus. Kids don't want to find out that there's no Santa Claus. They want to buy into the myth. They want to make a leap of faith. So you don't, you don't think that like with someone with PAC, that because their identity is part of the mystery and part of the value that it'll, when they, when eventually someone releases it, that it won't have, it won't pop something. No. I mean, if it goes high and people are happy with the results, these things, you know, like either people will turn a blind eye and ignore it or he'll just they'll just interview him and put him in the magazines. And no difference. No difference. I think a lot of it is like hype, fashion, marketing. So on one hand, you you think this is an artist. They've put this tremendous amount of work into creating this identity, which turns out to be legitimate in in a whatever way that you can say it's legitimate because they have this track record of creating this art. But on the other hand, like, isn't there an argument to reveal his identity? Yeah, I mean, to to play the devil's advocate to my own argument here, the case to reveal his identity is basically that he has made the decision to become a public figure by auctioning off his work at Sotheby's and he, he's profiting off it now. And, you know, normally an auction house sort of plays the role of telling the artist's story, but all Sotheby's has done thus far is call him, I think it was, quote, an omniscient designer slash developer slash wizard. So it's sort of up to somebody else to tell people who Pac is. Okay, so I think we should listen to your interview. Um, it was conducted on Discord, which is text only. So Alex is going to read his questions, and we found the most futuristic-sounding voice actor we could to read Pac's answers just to try to stay in character. And uh, let's listen. Are you a person? I would not define Pac as a person, but a persona. What did the persona have for breakfast this morning? More concepts. <laughs> okay. Well, so I've done a bunch of research and reporting, and it's let me your backstory. In the digital age, it's hard to maintain an anonymous identity, especially when there's a decade of history documents online. Did you anticipate this moment when somebody like me would find your backstory and ask you about it? I am pretty sure anything that is available is intentional. Yes, this is not a mask. This is an identity. You call yourself a crypto-native creator. What does that mean? Hashtag crypto-native is, quote, medium-native in general sense, taking crypto as the medium. When cinema happened, best authors didn't just become best directors. When video games happened, best directors didn't just become best developers. So don't expect best visual artists to become best crypto creators. That's not how it works. The best is to be medium native. Okay, cool. Obviously, I got really interested in you and started looking around. One of the things I found was a Medium post from 2014 where you wrote, I am a director, a designer, an artist, and a developer, recognized mainly in motion design industry with my public work. Feel free to Google me. That, that was so surprising to me since now you're almost ungoogleable. Was there a moment when you stopped being That was a tease. Is one of the most common names and is one of the most common surnames in the world. The name is not a coincidence. Dropping pack was planned. You have to go a lot further than 2014 to find more about pack. I did go a bit further and read your master's thesis from 2012 at University. That, I believe, isn't mine, sadly. 
I was contacted about it before, and I am not sure who takes who as the inspiration. Have been username-wise hoarded before, and that becomes a huge problem as reach is increased. There seems to be a lot of interviews with, quote, PAC, revolving in Turkish social media as well, because the name has Turkish origins too. But sadly, most of them are not done by me. I am not entirely sure if these sources are writing those themselves or talking to someone else. That seems like a crazy coincidence that the thesis is about the work you're doing now. I thought it was really awesome that your mom comments on your work saying how proud she is of her son and how much she loves you with lots of heart emojis. I am sorry to shatter your dreams in this case. Nothing personal has ever been shared through my account so far. Can you tell me more about this thesis? I would love to know if we're on the same page or even talking about the same thing. I was thinking a lot about anonymity and why it might be important to you and if it might relate to the political climate in I talked to one of your old thesis advisors from University. He recently had to flee to Europe after being prosecuted for signing a letter calling for a peaceful resolution to the conflict. That must have been really tough to see and really scary for you. Is the political situation in your country part of the reason for your anonymity? Sadly, I do not follow politics, and I am not entirely sure if we're talking about me at this point. I know PAC is a persona, but obviously there's a person behind the persona. Was there a moment when you shifted away from the person? You see, this is where we are all confused. A mask is different than a designed identity. A mask is there to hide a persona. A designed identity is there to create a persona. Think about a movie character. Think about Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Who is Gollum? Is he the actor that acts him? Is he the designer that designed his body? Is he Tolkien, the author of Lord of the Rings? Gollum is Gollum. It's not a mask. It's a designed character. Even if you change the people who act him, even if you change the people who animate him, it will remain in the same identity. I am pretty sure anything that is available is intentional, yes. This is not a mask. This is an identity. Shortly, that shift never happened. Your Sotheby's auction may break price and sales records. Critics might say that you're creating a bit of a performance to encourage high prices. How do you decide how to price your work? Are you trying to break records? And if so, why? I cannot comment about Sotheby's because of my limitations in this conversation. But I am a designer and will be happy to be critiqued by the art world. I am sure the answer will be there. Listen, I think the reason we wanted to talk to you is because we do have a lot of research that tells us who you are, even though you're denying it. You're in the public sphere at this point. We're trying to figure out what to do. I wish I could help you more. I frequently read things about myself, and most of the times it's someone else who gets the credit. Is that how you felt when you were working on and someone else got credit for your work? All I can tell you is that this, quote, pack is not the correct pack you have digged for. There are some other things we left on purpose. I would not reject any of it. Oh no, that's only partly related to me, filled up by media mostly. So, too much noise on information. Look, we understand that you've created this persona and you do not identify as having an age, gender, or physical characteristics. Do you think a person has a right to renounce their humanity like that? I wonder how would Gollum answer that? Quote, who are you, is a simple question that always comes with an expectation. An expectation of what? 
a certain class of answer. What will your persona do with all the money you're about to make? Seriously, what's one thing you'll use the money for? We'll see together, I guess. It's fascinating how money can charm everyone, isn't it? Today, I'm doing what I've been doing for decades. But for the first time, everyone asks me about what I do just because what it does to the market is visible this time. You said that most of the time it's someone else who gets the credit and that you're disappointed with all news people. What can I do so that the person I'm talking to today is not disappointed when this podcast comes out? We wanted to give you a chance to help tell this story. I just want to make sure you feel like you've had that chance. It's not about the credit. It's about the mistake. How would you feel if you made it to the news with someone else's face? The whole purpose of this is to get the real person who's making this work. But if we're not able to talk to you about that in a real way, we'd like to learn anything concrete about you. Who's your favorite member of BTS? This comes with the assumption again, quote, the real person. Great. Thank you so much. I hope you respect my words and requests, dear Alex. Otherwise, this, too, will make me very disappointed. Looking forward. Peace. I love that ending. Dear Alex, do not disappoint me. My impression is that he, like, admitted it without admitting it. Like, I think there was, like, some sense of, like, disappointment that, like, the veil might be pulled up. I think so. And definitely for me, it was a little bit disappointing having gathered that information. I was hoping I would get packed to engage on it a little bit more. But I think you're right that the interesting thing about Pac is that his evasions are often pretty telling. And that's what this conversation felt like to me. He couldn't help but let his humanity show through, you know, it was like the Turing test or something. And, you know, like this is a guy who likes J.R. Tolkien, for instance, like that's not the reference I would have come up with first. I think Pac is seeking to become something more than a person. He has quoted V for Vendetta before that, uh, if there is only a person behind the mask, then it doesn't really matter. But if there's an idea behind the mask, then it can be immortal. And I think that's what Pack is looking for. There is something lonely about his images. And when you have this conversation, you think about like the kid who was like alone in his room, escaping whatever the textured, like smelly real world into this like computer world, which I think is a lot, you know, like, I think that's a lot of people's experience with anything digital is like it gets you out of where you are into this other world. And that's sort of like the impression I was left with. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that I found while looking for this real person was some posts that he had done over a series of months on a message board when he was first learning how to do sort of advanced motion design and graphics. And you can just imagine like this college kid sitting in his bedroom you know, spending all day at his computer trying to learn this thing and being really fascinated. And on this board, he asked questions about, you know, I really want to do this. I want, I want to be perfect. I want to be perfect, but I don't have enough money to go to graduate school right now. You know, I, I want to go anywhere. I just want to learn. You know, he's so young. He's so hungry. So he's so ambitious. And you can picture that person. You can picture that little kid. Maybe some of us were him. You can't extinguish that no matter how hard you try. And I just wonder, it's not a question he'll engage in now, but I wonder what that kid learning motion graphics and not having 3000 bucks for graduate school would think that he's about to be a millionaire. Right. And, and obviously we bleeped out all the proper nouns and specifics that immediately reveal his identity. Um, why, why bleep, why bleep that stuff out? Yeah. I mean, we touched on this earlier, right? That there is a track record here that this artist is building this anonymity has been for some time. It's important to their art. And I don't want to 
reveal that secret. It feels like destroying something that a person has spent some time trying to build. If people want to find out who it is, they can find him. But I didn't feel like it was my place to just let that information out. So what we're doing is some sort of pack-like performance art where we've we've given the breadcrumbs and someone can follow them and go find out who he is? You could interpret it like that. I would prefer to call it respecting an artist's work, but you have your own interpretation. Of it. What are you going to give the person who finds him? You have like a NFT of your face or something? I have no cubes to offer for any searchers. I'm sorry. This, this sucks. I quit. I'm not doing it. I don't want to find him. Well, you know, there's uh, the auction has just ended, but maybe you'll get lucky and have a sale at Christie's soon and you can get some packs for your hard work. Well, thanks, Alex, for talking to us and for all the detective work you did to find Pack. Thank you, Devin. It's my pleasure.